from Gibran, the awakened soul. You cannot have youth and knowledge of it at the same time. For youth is too busy living to know, and knowledge is too busy seeking itself to live. Short and sweet. Yeah. Before I get started, I wanted to do a temperature check. I'm feeling a little bit cool. Anybody else cold or doing good? I see a lot of sweaters and all, so. All right, I guess we'll leave it as it is. I know, Ann, you've got a blanket there, too, if you want. So I might grab one myself, but I always get warmed up once I get going anyway. <laughs> so I actually have several things I'd like to share about today. And one of the things that I've been uh, aware of, especially these last few weeks and my own unfolding in my journey here on this path to sun and light, is really this greater depth of spirit that we're doing here in Inner Light Ministries. And one of the things I, in a sense, would say I would like to attempt to do is to begin really to share the greater depth of what this pathway is and all that's involved in that. You know, one of the prefaces I'll say to begin with, this pathway is the same as it's always been. So there's nothing new or anything different we can say. But what we can do is right here and now begin to open to that greater depth of spirit and the greater depth of the inner awareness in this process by which the sound and the light works in and through all the levels of spirit and into this world. And of course, it's always in this world we experience the greatest challenge because this is, in a sense, the greatest level of darkness or experience of separation from the oneness with the light and the sound. So one of the things I started a couple of weeks ago and what I'd like to expand today is this action we're doing on this path to sound and light of initiation, the meditation, and also the spiritual teacher, or what we can call the Word incarnate, or that living Word, which in truth is this pathway of sound and light, is that living Word of God, is the path of sound and light. I remember once, a little while ago, I had the experience in which that living Word of God's beingness, the light and the sound, spoke in me and through me as that spiritual teacher, and it said in my voice, follow me. I am the path of sound and light. Follow me. And I knew what that was because as a teacher, I am one with that. And I know that just as Jesus stated, I and the Father are one. Well, I know that truth. I know my oneness with God. I know what that is. And I don't mean that as a statement of ego, saying, look at me, I know. But I say that as a statement of acknowledgement of truth, of what I know myself to be in that, as that, and also to know you in that and as that. And that's why I claim and state and acknowledge that, because I know that in my doing that also opens the door for you to do that for yourself as well, because that is the greater truth. But you know, we need to hear that. 
we need to have some sense or experience or recollection, even if it's just a belief or a hope or a wish. That's all right. But we want that belief or hope or wish to move us into the actual experience and knowing for ourselves. And that's a lot of what Jim and I are here to do, is to share with you our own knowing, our own experience, our knowing of what that truth is in hopes that it begins to light that way that you may walk into that for yourself. But also in that action, it's important to be aware of what I could say the different components or the different ways in which this action of light and sound or God's loving unfolds us, awakens us, brings us into this greater truth in which we are seeking in the soul's oneness with God. And so that's what we attempt to do here in ILM, is to share the words that hopefully in those words, that essence of loving, not only do the words bring understanding or peace, but in those words, that essence of loving that can travel on the words, that if we allow them, that they can begin to stir within us that essence of loving and its truth in our own inner knowing and the spirit within. And so, in a lot of ways, today with the things seen in meditation I'd like to share, I was also aware of falling short because I'm aware the words are just the words. But I try to do what I can on this level that the words can reflect really that greater essence of the divine, of spirit. And so I hope the words serve you in that way to maybe show the way to follow me, the living, loving essence that is the path of sun and light, not the personality, not the physical words, but the word of God that is that path of sound and light. And so one of the things I know is that as I do share, for those that are meant to really walk this pathway, will hear the words and will hear that truth of spirit and will begin to experience that inner stirring or awakening or longing to truly return back home to the realm of soul and the realm of spirit where in truth we are one with that living, loving essence that is God and who we are in that. So follow the words, listen closely, pay attention, and as always, go for the experience so that you come to know the truth. We don't want ILM to be a religion or a belief system. There's so many out there now, always has been, but there's even more now than there ever is, just because there's more people. There's more access to the information through the internet, through books. There's just a lot more available. And so it also gives us greater opportunity to also become more distracted and getting caught up in the words and the belief systems and the outer actions rather than the true seeking, which is always within, and that in truth is done through meditation to really close our eyes, to turn away from the world and begin to seek that spirit within. But also be aware that words do have power, but only the power that we give those words. It's very interesting. This morning in my own meditation, I was having spirit, in a sense, show me a lesson about the power of the spoken word. But I also want to say 
in the power of the spoken word. I don't mean just the spoken word physically. I mean the word spoken on every, in any realm of consciousness. That the spirit of who we are can empower those words that can either work for us to move us towards spirit or to work for us to move us towards the world. Notice I didn't say against. How many of you thought I was going to say or to work against us? Because that's often what we think. That if it's into the world, if we're on a spiritual path and want to go home to God, if it's anything to do with the world, we don't want that, right? That's working against us. Well, we can sometimes set ourselves up if we look at it that way. Because really, everything works for us. It's just a matter of what is it we're working. What are we working for and what are we having work for us? And so even those words we use, we can empower. And it's very interesting because I saw that that power we give to words can either serve us in uplifting our soul back to spirit or we can empower the words to, in a sense, empower us more into the world to get caught into the mind, the emotions, and the body. It's what we choose to do with that and how we choose to empower those words. It's very interesting because one of the ways I saw this was even I was reading a page in a book. And then as I was learning about the power of the spoken word, all of a sudden one of the words on the page literally popped out and became like 3D in a different color than the rest. And it was Spirit showing me the power that we put into words themselves, whether they're spoken as you hear them or whether you see them written down on paper. But it's still a word. In a sense, it's spoken from somebody's thought onto a page or spoken and recorded and transcribed. So I'm referring to the spoken word in many different ways here, not to look at it just physically. But there is an essence that we give to words that give them power. And how many times have you heard us here in ILM with these sacred names of God that we give in initiation? We talk about in meditation by chanting them over and over. What do we do? We build the power of the name. The power of the name through that repetition. So in initiation, when we receive these, or even the hue to a degree, that as we keep focusing on those words that make up that name, and that's just the physical words, again, they're just words, there's nothing there, until we begin to empower them with what we put into them. That's why you can receive these sacred names of God in initiation, but if you don't begin to build that power of the name by chanting that and putting your loving into it, they're not going to do anything for you, necessarily. I say that because I also know that if we receive initiation, we do open a door to allow God's grace to work with us in a greater way. But if we really want to live it to the fullest and allow it to work with us in greater ways, then we've got to do our part to begin to empower that name we receive. And so we do that through repetition, through chanting, through singing, through saying it over and over within our consciousness. And we begin to empower that name with the loving. Because that's the true power, is loving. And so it's up to us to do that, to work with what's been given, but also to understand 
if we receive these sacred names, what they are, what they mean, what's the physical level of these words, what's the spiritual level, how do they work, how do we work them, how do they serve us, how can we work with them so they do serve us to really move into this greater experience of the divine. And the flip side of the awakening to the divine is what? Liberation from the darkness, liberation from the karma, freedom of the soul from the worlds of illusion and entrapment. There's always in this world the two sides of it, the two sides of the same coin. I tend to like to look at the better or the good as opposed to the bad, but I know the truth, it's all one, so we need to acknowledge it all. So it's important to understand, not to deny or avoid anything, but to participate and acknowledge all that's involved, all that it means, because as we come to better understand not only this journey of life itself, but this specific pathway and initiation and these names and meditation and the teacher and what it really is to be a true disciple. What's involved with that? What's this all about? Why am I doing this? Notice this said I. I didn't say we. It's I. This is a path of I am. And it's each of us individually choosing this for ourselves. It's not the we. It only looks like we because all the eyes are coming together to learn about this. That's part of self-empowerment is to acknowledge the I am. I am choosing this. I am loving. I am soul. I am one with God. And that's really the difference between the teacher and the student is the teacher is one who has experience and knows themselves as one with God. But more than that, it truly is God asking that soul to be a way shower upon this path, to assist the other souls to come into that knowing for themselves. So it doesn't make the teacher special. It just makes someone who knows through their own experience and who has been empowered or given that authority by God directly to teach those other souls that are looking for that way home, to show, to demonstrate, to give the techniques, the tools, and even the experience of loving. That's what the true spiritual teacher does, is brings that experience of loving to stir that essence of who you are awake within so that you come to know that and that's what Jim and I are here to do. And I'm beginning to claim and make a greater statement in the world myself in doing so, and one who does that. Because I know the more I do that and acknowledge the truth that I know, sure, you can look at me like I'm crazy. I am, and I love it, and I have fun. That's my silly side. But I also know the greater truth and why I have so much fun, because I do know my oneness with God, and I do know that authority God has given me to assist, to do the initiations, to point the way, to bring you the souls that choose along this journey of loving. That's what we're here to do. 
Hopefully we speak and it stirs that loving inside of you that you know what that is, that you know. If you don't, keep seeking, keep listening, keep looking. Check things out, participate, find out, because it is through your actions that you do come to know. You don't come to know by thinking, by hoping or wishing, but by taking action and discovering. So do that. But I will also say, coming to gatherings such as this are an important part of this journey. It's not the only part, but it is a part of coming to know that greater movement of loving. Because as we gather here in these spiritual gatherings, that, that essence of loving does come present. That as we turn within to God, that God does support that and shares with us, bringing us, lifting us, stirring us, inspiring us, moving us, releasing us. As we allow it, as we accept it, as we forgive ourselves, as we love ourselves, as we love God. I like to say it's a two-way street. God can only come in if we let God in or invite God in. So that's the other part. We often talk about in meditation as we're chanting these names, we're sharing our loving with God. But the other part is also letting God in, letting God love us. And part of letting God love us is also us loving ourselves. Because sometimes, what do we do? We reach out to God and say, God, love me, love me. And we do it out of desperation because we don't love ourselves and we feel the pain of separation. So we want somebody to love us. God, love me. Somebody out here, love me. Isn't that a lot of what we do in the world? Don't we look to other people to love us? Think about it. Do you look to your partner, your mate, to love you? Do you seek attention from others, whether at work or school, just out in a coffee joint somewhere, sitting having a coffee, looking around, who's noticing you? Love me, love me. Isn't that what we're doing and looking for in the world? It's funny how it works, how we look outside of ourselves to be loved, because if somebody or something can love us, well, think about it. I say something, what am I referring to? Well, mostly like pets, but maybe even plants or some make-believe friend or whatever. That if we can feel loved, somehow it gives us permission to love ourselves. And so that's a good thing. The only problem is we set ourselves up for a great fall because we're always looking out here, and then when that source out here stops loving us or goes away, what happens? We crash. We crash inside because that which was feeding us love from outside is now gone. And so what happens? That flow of loving we experience is gone, all dried up. Now we don't know what to do because we were looking outside, and it's gone. But that's also a good thing. 
Because we want love so bad that we won't stop seeking it out. I don't care if it's in the world or in spirit. We will seek out love until we are fulfilled. And that's the good news. No matter how dark or lonely it seems to get, our soul, who we are, will not stop seeking love until it's fulfilled. And that's a great blessing. In a sense, you could say God gave us from the very beginning. It's always been there. Ever will be. Always moving us along on this journey of life. But when it comes to that day, when really we've experienced enough in these worlds of illusion of separation, that eventually we'll begin to seek love from the source, the greater truth. And so we begin to find our way, first going out into the world, looking, seeking. And then eventually, what do we do? We find those out there that begin to say, the way to love is to go within. Always to go within is a way to love. And so, eventually we come to the place where we find ourselves now, if anything, curious, wanting to go within, to experience this greater love that these spiritual people talk about. What is that? How can I experience that? I want to know because something inside of me is empty, is lacking, feels the loneliness or the separation. So I want to know. I want to be filled, to fill up, to know that greater love. And so we begin. We begin to turn inside, begin to do meditation, maybe all kinds of different meditations. I didn't start out with this pathway of sound and light and these sacred names. I didn't start out seeking God. I started out with meditations of relaxation, meditations to improve my health and improve my focus, performance, whatever. All kinds of things out there. And it's all wonderful because each thing teaches us something about ourselves because of the experience we have along the way. And it's in that experience, as each leg of the journey is fulfilled and completed, we'll then take the next step and the next step. And so, that's what I did as well. One thing led to the next, and eventually I found myself now truly wanting to wake up and know the spirit of who I am and the spirit that is in all. And so eventually we find ourselves seeking that greater journey, seeking that greater experience of spirit, of loving, of God, of soul, of joy, of peace, and all these different aspects that are of that essence of God. And so sometimes we even come to these groups, maybe not even seeking God, but just seeking peace, or wanting a little more joy in our lives, or wanting to feel more a part of something where we've maybe been feeling alone. They're all good reasons. It doesn't even matter what the reason is. This is something inside of us that we are responding to, to answer. And so that's all we have to do, is keep responding. Keep responding. Because as we respond, we begin to answer the longing, the calling, 
the wanting, the lack, to fill it up, to know that greater abundance and joy and loving. And so we come together in groups like this and we begin to find, maybe in the words at first, something that makes sense or answers what we're seeking for out here. Or maybe it answers feeling lonely, just coming together in a group and being with others with a loving focus. Or maybe we just get one little tidbit, like all of a sudden we hear about forgiveness of self. We go, oh, I've been forgiving others, and it's been great, but something's missing. And all of a sudden we hear about forgiving of self. We say, oh, let me try that. And that's all we needed. Off we go, forgiving ourselves, and all of a sudden our life begins to change. And we're happy for a while. We don't even come back to any spiritual gatherings. We go off. Whether it's a few weeks, a few months, maybe even years. And then after that, it starts to slow down, come quiet again. Well, another leg of the journey complete. Let me start seeking again. So once again, we begin to look, to find the answer to the next question or the next thing inside of us that seems to be longing for something more. And so again, we find ourselves back, whether it's this group or another one, looking to answer whatever that longing is. But eventually, we will come to the place where we really know the ultimate answer to all longing is truly awakening to our oneness with God where we, the soul, become one and all things are answered, all things are fulfilled, where all things are complete and fulfilled and no longer is there anything unanswered or lacking but the ultimate fulfillment. Eventually, we each come to that place. Even if at first it is just words or wishing, But we're not going to stop. One, we don't want to. One, another, it's too painful. And ultimately, because we know it's truly our heart's desire to return, to experience the greater fullness. And so we'll keep doing it. We'll keep meditating. We'll keep loving. We'll keep accepting. We'll keep forgiving. We'll keep trying everything we can until it's answered, until it's over, until we are fulfilled. So keep on keeping on. So one of the things I know, I got to look here a sec, because it's really funny when it, Jim and I are both here, at some point I can feel the energy Move to gym like, okay, my part's done, now it's yours. I got a little time yet, though. <laughs> if it's just me, I just keep on going. Because there's a few more things I do want to share. But I know Jim will do it if I don't. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and, and move into another part of my sharing
Another wonderful experience I had this morning um, in meditation. And I love it because, you know, some of my experiences, you'll hear me often talk about having out-of-body experiences. And, you know, we, I just want to be clear because there's always been so much confusion. Are we supposed to get out-of-body on this pathway? Because I hear Brian talk about it and other people. It's like, no, there's no supposed to. It's called, what we're going for here is loving. And then whatever the loving unfolds in us, through us, with us, however, is what we just let unfold. I don't have out-of-body experiences all the time or every day. But when I do, it's because it's a way that, in a sense, God is supporting my soul and its journey. And also that I come into the greater understanding of all the different aspects of this pathway so that I know and that I can also share and teach it. But also in those experiences is where I know the greater truth and see it and hear it and experience it fully so that I can share that greater truth with you as well. I think we call that authenticity. You know, when somebody's sincere and authentic, we get it. But if they're not, they're saying, ah, oh, they're full of you know what, they're not telling the truth. And so I share from my experience so that you get the truth, that you get that loving. And also the things that do happen and can happen along this journey, whether it's out of body or in body, doesn't matter. It's really all the same. It's just the unfolding of the loving, no matter what level of consciousness we experience. So I just want to be clear with that, that you understand that. The meditation in this pathway is simply about being and the loving with God and awakening to that. And however it unfolds for each of us individually really is just fine. If you never have an out-of-body experience, if you don't remember any of your dreams, but you've got loving in your heart and you love God and open to allow God to love you, that's all that matters. So just know that. So when I share like I am now, just know that it's there, in a sense, to teach, to inspire, to maybe, in a sense, give an idea, an example, so that as we continue this journey ourselves, we have that greater understanding and know how to step forward. So what I want to share is an actual experience, and then I want to share a little bit around a lot of what that was for me. And so it was very interesting this morning I found myself in meditation lifting up out of body, and as I mostly do, fly, is that I was flying through spirit. I became aware that what I was flying, not just, how can I say this sometimes? <laughs> well, you know how we talk about the river of loving. Well, this pathway often can be experienced literally as a river of loving, but not as water but literally as light and sound that make up that loving. Even if you can't see it, you may just know it or you may feel it. Even when we're meditating, you may feel something on your head or moving through you, that divine presence. That's what I'm talking about. So as I was flying in this realm and spirit, I was in that river of loving, that divine presence that is that river that all of life moves upon. But also each of us, in a sense, has our own river of life that we're moving upon in our own journeys, also bringing us back to God. And that is that Holy Spirit that loves the soul through all of experience, bringing it along 
out of God, through experience, and back to God. So on this journey of return, of going back to God, is what this pathway of sun and light is about in its greater focus and simplicity. In this experience, I found myself traveling this river of loving and as aware of how, in truth, that river was bringing me along. It wasn't me making myself fly along this river and in the river, but it was the river itself, God's loving, bringing me the soul towards itself, bringing me the soul along on its journey of experience. And that's what spirit is doing on every level of consciousness, here in the body, all of our physical experiences, as well as out of the body, in these other realms of experience that we speak of. And the more we can turn to that, the more we awaken and come to know what that is. You aware that a lot of the guided meditations, how I even move us into meditation, of really saying, be aware, pay attention, give your focus, look, listen, feel, know. And I try to even talk slowly so the words don't get in the way, but simply give direction, but allow things to unfold so that you can pay attention and become aware of what is taking place. So even here, same thing there. We're awakening through our experience. So as this river of loving was bringing me along towards itself, I was flying over lands and I was aware, this is very interesting, it's fun this morning, that as I was in this river, it was stronger and a greater loving, bringing me fully as I stayed centered and focused right at my spiritual eye and looking to the loving because that's where the connection is. You know how Jim always says, God first and God only? Well, I was doing that, God first and God only, keeping my focus centered, focused, and boy, was that current strong when I stayed very centered and focused. But all of a sudden, I became aware, down below me, colorful things, activity going on, flying over the lands. And I could have, I don't know, if I talked about it in a physical sense, maybe I was 50 to 100 feet above the land and the topography. But the different colors and activities caught my attention, you know, like something went out of the corner of your eye. And all of a sudden, I glanced down at what was going on. And as soon as I glanced down, right away, I started to now move towards that which I was glancing at. And right away, that direct connection I was experiencing in that river as it was lifting me was, in a sense, I, it wasn't disconnected. It was simply that I was distracted. I turned away. And as soon as I, just in a glance, all of a sudden I started to move towards that which I was focusing on. That quickly, just from a quick glance, just a quick look. And as soon as I felt myself beginning to move towards that and beginning to move out of the center of that river of loving, I didn't like the way that felt. Believe me, the fullness of loving is the greatest thing, is the greatest of anything. And so the second I felt that, I knew I looked right back up inside, inwards and upwards, right back to that center, the spiritual eye, God first and God only. That I came right back to that center and that 
strength and the power of that loving and the fullness brought me right along. And I went, hmm, this is interesting. This is a, not only a wonderful experience, but also a wonderful experience of learning unfolding for me of how this works. God first and God only. Keep your eyes on God. Because as we do is how we allow God to bring us along in that greater way of awakening to the fullness. God bringing us back to the oneness with itself. So I got the lesson pretty quick. But then, of course, you know, you got to experiment, right? So, of course, I was aware down below the other things, so I glanced again. I held my glance a second or two longer, and I found myself staring into shoo, and I almost went out of that river just simply by looking. You ever have that? You ever heard that energy follows thought? Well, this is even more subtle than energy. I wasn't even thinking. I was just looking, and I was moving right towards that which I was looking at. No thought involved, just looking. So I said, okay. So I just looked in and up again, came right back, centered, <clears throat> kept on going. I did this like two, three, four times. But that's how we learn. You play with it. You experiment. So in your experience, the lesson unfolds. The learning unfolds. You come to the greater knowing and understanding for yourself. And so after doing that a few times, I said, you know, why bother with the distraction? Why bother letting myself become distracted and getting caught up in what's below. Because I know in me, I simply want to experience and be in that greater fullness of loving, that experience of God. So then I let go of the distraction and just allowed myself to become very pinpointed in my focus and allow the loving just to unfold me. And it's really wonderful because truly when we give our full attention to God, that God does not only unfold us, but literally is what is awakening us, bringing us through everything. And I was in this river of loving for some time, not only flying above, but eventually that river of loving even brought me down into other experiences where I had experience that looked somewhat like the physical here, where you're interacting with others. But if we stay centered, on that loving, one, we stay aware. We know ourselves and we know that it is the loving even bringing us through the experience. Because what often do we do? We look away from the loving, get caught up in the experience, experience the pain of separation, go into anguish, start complaining, whining, woe is me, self-pity, anger, frustration, upset. Because we are not experiencing the loving, we're experiencing the separation because we have simply not only turned our gaze away from God, but also went and got caught up in the world. Not only by focusing on it, remember what I was sharing earlier about the power we even give to words? The light, looking, focusing, the sound, the power of the word, the spoken word, that which we energize through the light and the sound even make up elements even into the physical experience. As above, so below, the reflection.